Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a one-two pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! Five to one the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers five to one. They win the World Series four games to one. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe it? Welcome to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. This is episode seven. I am the Rit. With me, I got my my two coaches, DC and Anthony on the Cape. DC, what's been going on, man? How you doing? Doing well, man. How you doing? Living a dream. I can't, living the dream. I can't. I can't wait for this episode, man. You, you guys, you guys didn't know we had a little little pregame meeting. I already got Anthony all fired up. Anthony, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, so a lot to talk about here. A lot going on this week. A lot to talk about. Uh, the first thing we're gonna talk about is me and my man DC last week at work. We're talking. We're like, man, we're going up to Fenway Park this year. You know, he goes, man, we got we got to get a hold of Anthony. Have us meet us at, Fen- at oh, Boston. Jesus we're going to Fenway mighty. Park together, right? And, and all of a sudden, my man DC, Anthony, can you guess what DC asked? Yeah, no, he's, he's like, where, where does Anthony live? <laughs> I just look at him and I'm like, really? Anthony on the Cape. And he he just had that look on his face, like it's a little peninsula at the bottom, you know, southeast corner of Massachusetts. Uh, yeah, little, yeah, yeah. Uh, God, just come here, break. I got a I got a two month old at home, so I'm not getting too much sleep. No, but as soon oh. as he said it, I'm like, God damn it, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, what happened was started with calling in uh, the sports hub. You know what I mean? Because like what I've been calling in the sports hub for since the beginning. So you know they're like, what's your name? Where are you calling from? You know what I mean? And and um, I was like driving around or something. So I just I just went with the Cape. You know what I mean? And and it just kind of stuck from there. You know what I mean? I mean, it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense after I thought about it. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that, Josh. I appreciate it. Hey. We gotta do whatever we can to get the laughs, but hey, we're, we're gonna st- we're, we're gonna sit there and start not with the Boston Red Sox, but we're gonna talk about the WBC, and j- j- this is just for DC, okay? There was a video out there that I seen, and I really enjoyed it, and it was put out there by Robbie Hyde, 
it was Trey Turner's Grand Slam last night to Paul Hogan's entrance song. So, guys, I'm going to play this because I didn't like the outcome, but I really enjoyed the uh, the, the whole video. We'll, so, we'll touch uh, on that and we're done. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's play it. Sound. Yeah, I didn't get any. I'm not hearing any sound on that. Might be a dud. Yeah, I think it's a dud, buddy. The USA lineup is so good. I mean, so they, they literally had Trey Turner batting ninth. When they were playing Columbia, he was batting ninth. I mean, it's like Mookie Betts, Mike Trout. Yeah, he was batting ninth Smith, last night. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dude, when you have a, when you have like literally one of the best baseball players on the planet batting ninth, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, uh, I was watching that last night, and they were, I think they, they were up from one. And I was just like on FanDuel, so I checked it out. And uh, the Red or not the Red Sox, the US was a uh, plus one twenty four money line, and they like had bases loaded. Uh, the other team did Venezuela, but I took it. And as soon as I took it, they, they went down, and I'm like, God damn it! So I felt a lot better when I walked in a room and saw Trey Turner blast that grand slam, so I didn't jinx it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, who, who did you want to win, Josh? But me personally, uh, I wanted Venezuela. Hey, why? Uh, uh, I I sit there. This is the way I look at it. I think the United States takes baseball uh, for granted a little too much. Uh, they want to sit there and put a lot of blame. Okay, the WBC is supposed to be for countries putting their best players out there, representing the countries, and just having fun. As soon as Edwin Diaz went down, and that could have been an injury from him doing anything non-baseball related everybody's like shut the wbc down you're, you're ruining the major league baseball it's like dude he wanted to go out there to represent his country let him and that I, I just i'm just not a big fan of us you know not wanting the other people to have the opportunity so I'm just I'm, I'm not a big fan. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take Cuba. I'll, I'll take I'll take Japan. Go? I'll take Mexico. You know. Well, I'll, I'll take I, I don't. No, I just I don't. I don't. The media reaction and the fan reaction to the injury doesn't. Why I don't I don't know why that would change. See, people get too caught up in that too, where it's like, oh, I hate Yankees fans, so I hate the Yankees, right? Or, or you know what I mean? Like, so it's like because people are on Twitter, a bunch of idiots saying that they shouldn't have the WBC because he got hurt. Now I don't like, you know, America or, or the Team USA. I mean, <laughs> I mean, basically, the bottom line is, if that if that was spring training, he got hurt celebrating. He didn't get hurt playing, right? There's a difference exactly. there. So. Nobody celebrates a spring training win. Nobody's jumping around in a pile on a spring training win. This is the point people weren't making clear. So it's kind of like putting an all-star football game before the season. 
and somebody gets hurt. I mean, it, 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 it's I get both sides of the argument. I think it's fine. My whole point is, guys, be careful when you're in a celebration mob. Like when everybody, when there's a bunch, when there's 25, 30 men, big, strong men jumping around, be careful that it's easy to twist an ankle. It's easy to step on somebody else's foot. Like be careful celebrating. It's not about playing. I have no, if, if somebody gets hurt playing the game of baseball, I don't have a problem with that. It's the celebrating that, that bothers me. So, but I don't, I don't know how you could spin that into like hating the USA or not wanting the USA to win. I want the USA to win period. End of story. Like I, I am so happy the Dominican lost. They got embarrassed after everybody told me how great they were and, and they do have a great lineup. They do have a great team, but it was so, it was so great to see the Dominican just get their asses kicked. So I can stop hearing people, you know, act as if, and this is a great example for Red Sox fans too. baseball. This is baseball. You don't win on paper. You go out and play the play the game. You can pitch and play defense, and anybody can win. That's baseball. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm just gonna come out and say uh, I disagree. A little, you know, with uh, with Josh, uh, I don't think we're taking for you know taking for granted. You look at the reactions from guys like Mike Trout, Mookie Betts out there. I mean, they're having a great time representing their country. I don't know. That's cool to see. And I I don't know. I'm always gonna root for the United States. That's just that's just how I feel. But and as far as the injuries, I mean, that's going to happen. You look at Nimmo. He, uh, I mean, I think he's he's got cleared. He's fine like that. But that happened at spring training game the next day right after Alex D, or Edwin Diaz. Um, so injuries are going to happen no matter what game you're in. Um, but I agree with the, the injuries. Um, I forget who it was. It was a, a power hitter for the Angels back, like maybe like the early. Kendrick Morales. Early, uh, yes. Kendrick, yeah. yeah. He tore his ACL. Tore his ACL uh, celebrating a walk-off hit or walk-off home run. Um so you gotta be mindful of that if you're gonna do that. I get, you know, playing for your country, it brings out a lot of emotions. But you know, these teams do have a lot of money invested in you. So I do see both sides. But I'm I'm a big fan of the WBC. Um, I think it's huge. I had a great time watching that last night. It was it literally felt like a playoff game. Um, it was awesome. I, I just enjoy it. Yeah, me personally, like I I, I kind of wish there would be more WBC games. Like you know, maybe a, a, a tournament format of multiple games. Instead of just, you know, one and then you play the next team. Uh, I, I, I personally would love to see like a round robin type tournament. And Anthony, to sit there and bring up your point on uh, the Dominican. It, it, it just shows you might have the best names, you know, on there. But if you don't have the chemistry, you can't you can't sit there and, and play uh, competitively. And, and it's pitching and defense. It's pitching and defense. Look at the the the, the Julio Rodriguez, right? He he made that play in center field where the ball got past him um, when Lindor hit it, right? It's so it's if you pitch and and play defense, you have a great chance to win any baseball game. I don't care who you are. If you pitch and play defense, if the other team doesn't score, all you need is one run. You can manufacture one run. You pitch and play defense. That's what the Red Sox are going to need to do this year. Just like it doesn't matter who's on the Dominican team, it doesn't matter who's on the Yankees or the Blue Jays doesn't matter who's on some of these other teams. The Red Sox can beat anybody because anybody can beat anybody. It's baseball. Anybody can go out there and throw high 90s and shut the other team down. Shove those bats right down their throat. Play defense. Play the fundamentals. Play good, solid baseball. So that's that's a good example, the Dominican losing, of why I think the Red Sox have a great chance this year. Same, same principle. It's baseball. You win on the field, not on paper. 
But, no, but I agree. I love it. I love the WBC, but I just, you know, I'm definitely more interested in faster. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Uh, hey, the, the, right now, to me, the hungriest dogs is Team Japan. You yeah. know, you, you, you got Otani. You got you got our monster over there, Yoshi. So, and, and, and those two, the, those two, you sit there and, and see them, uh, you know, uh, Yoshi went and, and hit, a, hit a home run the other night and, and just Otani was just all ear to ear smiles, you know, having a great time with them. I, I would love to see that in a Red Sox dugout. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah that was a bomb. That was a bomb he had too. It was off a of lefty as well. So it was lefty versus lefty. Um, that was good to see. I, I enjoyed that. But yeah, no, I'm I'm hoping for US Japan in the final. I mean, that's what that's what I want to see. I think that's what most people want to see, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. So and and, and just to, Shohei on the mound. Oh, and just to clear it up a little bit, it's not that I hate the USA. I I, I just I just want them to be put in check. That's all. <laughs> So, oh, you know, I'm just remembering that, you know, keep it, keep it family oriented. That's all I'm thinking in my head right now. <laughs> so, but, uh, man, you want to talk pitching since the last time we, we had a podcast, a lot of, uh, we had some good stuff happen. Whitlock was back on the bound, you know, last Wednesday looked really good. Uh, Bayo was on the mound today and looked really good, you know? So I, I think he's still going to miss the start of the season, but man, like that's, I, I love how listening to Yankees fans a couple weeks ago, them saying our rotation is garbage. It is injury prone. It is inexperienced, but now fast forward. And then we're going to have a healthy rotation. Why all their guys are on the IL. And I love it. I thought that was Red Sox fans saying all that negative stuff. <laughs> I heard a lot of Red Sox fans saying how bad our, our team yeah. is and our rotation is and this guy, that guy. Nothing's going to, you know, none of these guys are going to pan out. Um, we're a 75 win team. That's what I've been hearing from most Red Sox fans this whole offseason. But uh, yeah, no, the pitching is coming around. I mean, Whitlock looked good. Um, it's good. I didn't see Bayo today. I was watching the Bruins, but. Um, I was flipping back and forth. I didn't see Bayo, but uh, was that was that an actual game he was pitching in, or was that on the side? Uh, that, that, I'm pretty sure that was today's game. Okay, yeah, Against, it was a game. Okay, I didn't see that. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good. Guys. Tanner Houck looked really good uh, yesterday. Um, you know, Kluber's been looking good. Crawford. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Good. Yeah, Crawford looks good. I mean, I, right now Winkowski looks really good. I mean, honestly, I, I, I love the way our rotation's looking. Yeah, and, and it actually shows a lot of promise for years to come with those young guys stepping up now and being able to handle the major league level. So, uh, DC, what are your thoughts on the, you know, our outlook on the starting rotation now when we're less than two weeks, about 10 days away from opening day? Yeah, I mean, I think it looks pretty decent, man. Um, I try not to overreact a couple weeks ago when we, we were kind of dropping like flies as far as rotation, even like outside the rotation. But um, Whitlock, he should be back after one or two starts missed. Um, Paxton, I think I saw Alex Corey said he's throwing a bullpen another or another one in another three or four days, see how that goes. Um, everything goes well with that. He could be making starts by the end of April. 
Brian Bale looked awesome today. I mean, throwing three strikeouts against the Phillies in an actual game. That's good to see him in an official game. Um, yeah, I mean, at first I was a little worried. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, I mean, after time kind of – I mean, time heals everything. So, uh, we're, we're looking pretty decent in there. Um, you know, Crawford, just like Anthony said, is doing really well. Winkowski, those two could fill in. No problem for a couple spot starts. Get us to Whitlock, uh, Bayo. Um, like I said, Paxson, as long as there are no setbacks, he should be back by end of April. So, I think we look we look a lot better than I thought we were, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I know I know it's going to be one of our segments later, but this young uh, pitching staff we have, led by Chris Sale, man, I I, I like our chances. I, I I like our chances. I said 86 wins, you know, easy for the for the season. I'm still sticking with 86 minimum, you know, it, uh, but we need to get a really hot start of the season and I can see us getting a nice jump start to the season. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, two innings, this is for Bayo today. I didn't see it, but two, two perfect innings, three Ks. So awesome. And if he's healthy, like you said, he's going to be behind a little bit, but mid April, mid to late April, he could be in the mix. Whitlock will be back by then. And you got, like you said, Sale, you got Kluber, and you got Pavetta as sort of the veterans there. And then you got all these young guys. So it, it's uh, it's coming together. It's coming together. Man, uh, I loved hearing uh, Pedro. Pe- Pedro said Bayo is better than he is at that age. And I, I, I kind of sat back a minute, and I was like, really? Like, or, or, or are you just trying to hype up this kid because he's been working with him now for two seasons? Because because I can't wrap my 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 mind around that Bayo at that age is better than Pedro at that age. Yeah, that's that's a that's an endorsement and a half right there. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get too lost in that. I don't want to get my hopes up as far as that either. Um, but obviously, like we talked in past episodes, him working with Pedro's. A pretty, I mean, that's awesome. This can be great for him. Um, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, so that can only do anything but good things for him. But yeah, I mean, to say that he's better, I mean, he'd know better than I would, but uh, I want to see that translate to the field, um, keep him healthy, see if he can command the strike zone. Um, and then I'll start, you know, maybe thinking about that. That's that change up. That's the key. It's, it's, yeah, to have that, that nasty change up this, this early on, um, you know, that's, the, that's the key. So, yeah, I mean he's got he's got uh, he's got all the makings, um, you know, little setback there, but he's definitely uh, he's probably got the highest ceiling out of anybody any of these young guys, you know. So, man, keep, uh, keep him healthy. Uh, I sit there and love how, uh, like Anthony, you and I were talking. If 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 he could set up batters the way Pedro did, just throw the heat, throw the heat, throw the heat, and then all of a sudden, like. The fifth inning, you you start throwing that nasty changeup to get the to get the batters like thinking, man, he he could sit there and easily, easily pick pick up a 16, 17 games uh, win season this year. That that would be that, that's that's high that's high especially without yeah. starting the year. But I mean, I, see, I, the, the thing with starting pitching and wins is like it's not the same as it used to be because guys don't go deep in games. You know what I mean? It no. used to be 
if you started, you were going to factor in most of the time. You know what I mean? So it was like you guys were 20 and 12. You know what I mean? Like they just don't get that deep into games anymore to, so that they end up going like 12 and 7. You know what I mean? It's just because they're not going deep. So I, I think that's that's a little too high, um, especially he's not – we don't know exactly when he's going to start the start the year um, and how many starts he's going to get. But um, I, I just look health. Just give me health. Just give me health and continue to grow and develop, and I'll take that. You know, just I don't want to put any specific stats on a rookie like that or a young, you know, basically a rookie. That's that'd be amazing though if you <laughs> if you. Oh. I don't expect I, to be honest with you. I don't expect any Red Sox pitcher to win 15 games this year. No, I mean either. I just don't see it. Maybe 13, uh, 14. Yeah, that'd probably be the high mark. Oh, uh, okay. Let's let's throw this out there. Uh, we're starting with DC. Pit, who's going to have on the Red Sox pitching staff the highest win total? Uh, I'm going to keep riding the train I've been on. I say Chris Sale. Um, I think he puts a great season together and stays healthy. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Chris Sale. Anthony, what what about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, the safest bet is uh, Corey Kluber because I think he is the one guy who he's cool, calm, and collected. And nothing's going to bother him. He's just stoic. He's a stoic out, out there in the mound. He just goes out and he throws and he knows how to pitch. So he's getting the ball opening day. He, he's generally a workhorse that stays healthy and goes a little deeper in the games, a little bit more efficient. He's got better command than a lot of guys. So he's, he's a little bit more efficient. So yeah, I'm going to go Kluber probably in that 13, 14 win range. Okay. I, I'm going to go a dark horse. And I'm going to say, as long as he can stay up on the major league roster, I'm going to say Cutter Crawford. Well, wow. Uh, <laughs> I, I sit there and, and love him. He's, it's not like he's going to be, I'm not predicting him to go like two, three games over everybody else. But I, I see him getting 14 wins and, and like Kluber 13, Sale 13. But I, I love that the way that Crawford looked last year against some of the potent lineups, the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Yankees. So he has that that composure of, I can sit there and do it. So I just think he's going to be in the bullpen, though. He's going to be in the bullpen once everybody gets healthy. There's no way he's going to last in the rotation with Bayo and Whitlock coming back, you know? See, uh, and I always pick Whitlock as a bullpen guy. That, right. that's, that's where I always see him at. So that's why I always had Crawford – being in the starting rotation so but bullpen let's let's talk about bullpen uh before this week we were talking about the final spot who's going to be in the bullpen but now there's looks like there's going to be two final spots because they're going to be looking for another lefty with uh, rodriguez going down with the oblique he's going to start the season on the 15 day il uh Anthony, you, you want to start us off on this one? Uh, yeah, I j literally just found out about it. Uh, you told me before the show. I, I wasn't even aware. Um, it's just hard to keep up right now. There's a lot going on, and a lot of these games are during the day. And then um, I didn't hear anything about Jolie Rodriguez. So if you take him out of the mix, you got Richard Blyer as your lefty. So if I had to pick a second lefty, this kid, Ryan Sheriff, he looks pretty good. I liked what I saw from him. I think that uh, the kid Mosqueda looks pretty good. The problem with him is it's spring training. He's young. He's kind of coming from nowhere. I don't know if he's ready. So, honestly, it's probably going to be Sheriff. 
I would think, unless they just decide to go with one lefty. And, uh, you know, but if I had to pick a second lefty, I mean, I think right now it's it's a decision as well, just the last bull, bullpen spot between, like, Zach Kelly and having, like, a good guy like Josh Winkowski in there as a long reliever. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I which I want, by the way. I think it's it's great to have a guy who can pitch multiple innings out of the bullpen, have a long reliever, which we didn't really have last year at times. So I'm a fan of putting in Wankowski. And then the last spot, I guess, Sheriff, if you need another lefty, he's probably the next guy up. Yeah, uh, this uh, looking on MLB news here. Uh, Sheriff has played 44 games of MLB experience over parts of four seasons, posted a 3.65 ERA. Mosqueda, he's an international free agent signed by Boston in 2015, carries a bit more intrigue. He throws strikes and has deception, Cora said. Uh, uh, Analytics-wise, his stuff looks really good, and he can go multiple uh, innings. So, man, it it could be a toss-up of, you know, who they want. Do they want MLB experience or do they want the intrigue? So, man, that lefty spot is, is, is going to be a toss-up, like you said, unless they go uh, with just one lefty in the bullpen. I would say they could possibly go with Sheriff. Or I think in the same article that you just read from, I was just reading, uh, or uh, Bloom could maybe make a trade before the end of spring training for a little lefty. Um, I think they go Sheriff. Kind of along the same boat as Anthony as that. Well, the other thing is none of those guys are on the forty. Right. So yeah. so so this is going to start to become an issue when you have Alfaro and Tapia, as well as all these guys we're talking about, even either one, Mosqueda or um, Sheriff. None of those guys are on the 40. So now, granted, Caleb Ward has kind of played himself out of a out of a spot. Right. I mean, Caleb Ward has just been awful. So he's probably going to be released. He's probably going to be DFA. That's going to open up one spot. And then maybe they put James Paxton on the 60. That's another spot. I don't know how many spots they're going to have. So um, we'll see, you know, how they manage that for it's going to be, that's big. That's a big part of it. You can't just take any of these guys and put them on there. You have to, somebody has to come off the 40. So it's going to be tricky. He's going to have his work cut out for him because there's so many injuries right now. And a lot of these guys, they're not, they're not going on the 60, but they're not going to be there at the start of the season. So they're, you know, it's like Mondesi, you know, Bayo, Whitlock, all these guys, like they might not be ready to start the year, but they're not going to go on the 60. Same thing with Connor Wong. You got a lot of guys in that same boat that are kind of like iffy and uh, it's going to be hard to, it's going to be some tough decisions. So what might end up happening is what they might just say, you know what, we'll just put out Caleb Ort or, or we'll put out, um, you know, somebody that's already on the 40, use them for like a week or 10 days, then DFA them. You see what I'm saying? So that way they don't have to mess with the 40. Yeah, uh, that 40-man roster is, is kind of tricky, like you said. Uh, they already have to have a spot for Alfaro. So like like you said, I think Ort is the odd one out. Uh, and l- unless Heim Bloom uh, has, a, has a few tricks up his sleeve where he might be having a couple of people uh, calling, like uh, – he, they DFA'd Matt Barnes, and then they ended up, you know, trading him to uh, Miami. So, you know, he could try to pull something like that to free up another roster spot. Uh, it, it's it, it's, it's going to be very intriguing because 
or I think, like you said, he played himself out. He he looked horrible that last outing. Uh, the whole sprint, and, he's been terrible. And and, and he and he's just, never be, he's never too good to begin with. He's like thirty one years old. He's a journeyman. They got him in the Rule Five draft. He's not a legit guy. He's a he's a triple. He's a four A guy. So to me, he's easily the first one out off the roster. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how this whole this whole opening day roster comes out, Josh. Because yeah. you still, like you said, you got to you got to free up a spot for Alfaro. That's a definite. You got. I would assume everybody's sort of agreeing, and we might get into this later. But like Tapia's got to be on the roster, right? I mean, this guy's been. He's how can this guy not have earned a job? He's been dynamite over Duran. You know what I mean? Um, what an interesting thing with Dahlbeck and uh, Chang. I mean, because Dahlbeck's playing shortstop right now for us, and he's looking good. He's hitting. You know, he's a young player. You know what I mean? So. There's a lot of guys who it's like we don't know exactly what this opening day roster is even going to look like. Uh, don't yeah. be shocked if there's a surprise or two. Is, is Chang actually on the 40-man roster? I think yeah, Chang is on the 40-man roster. Yeah, he's so, on because when when they put Story on the on the IL, they they put they added Chang. So yeah, you know we could sit there and Dahlback has been. I hate to say it, he's looked uh, comfortable. We could say at shortstop. Yeah. Like he, he he's not no you know, uh, Carrera or you know, uh, Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, but he's able so far in the last couple of games be able to hold his own over there. So maybe maybe they sit there and and DFA Chang if they need to for a spot. Well, no, but, I mean Chang's Chang's been great in the WBC, so I just think it's great to have both guys. I'm just saying, like when you look at Dahlbeck. The guy can play third. He can play a little short first DH. He's got power. I'm just saying he's a versatile guy to have on the bench. And then Chang is kind of similar. I mean, he's got some pop and he can play multiple positions. So they've just got some interesting decisions. I don't know, um, you know, what what they're going to like. Let's say Bobby Dahlbeck starts the year in Worcester. How are they going to use him down there? Are they going to stick him at first, third, short? Are they going to move him around? Are they going to try to develop Dahlbeck into this utility role? It's interesting. Because I think yeah. that the more positions you can play, the more obviously the more valuable you are to the team. I could be wrong, but did he play any outfield at all ever? No, see, I've been wanting him to. I think being able to use him in left field would even be yeah, just, yeah, I mean, just an extra spot. Like if you needed to put him out there for a few innings, um, I don't understand why he couldn't. He's got a great arm. He's athletic. So I wish they would. But I think what they're doing is this spring, clearly they're trying to get him into shortstop. You know what I mean? They're trying to get a more comfortable playing shortstop because let's face it. If you play 10, 12 games in spring training at shortstop, you know, you're going to get comfortable, you know, you're, you know, as opposed to last season, they threw him in once at short because we, it was like an emergency and they just threw him in at short. You're not going to be as comfortable there, but if you've already played 10, 12 games in the spring. Yeah. So, so I think basically maybe down the line, they could, they could get him out and left. I just feel like trying to get him in at shortstop is a big thing. So They've been focusing on that, but yeah, he's looked comfortable over there. He's fine as for for a backup. I think it's fine. Yeah. So and, and like sure. DC, and like DC said a couple, uh, I think an episode or two ago. I I'm kind of I'm kind of liking I'm, I'm jumping on DC's train of. I like the problem. You know, we have too many people we could put on the forty, and our problem is now getting who do we DFA because they're all too good you know what i mean you got tapia who who's been really electric for us uh alfaro is definitely good has to make the roster 
opening day roster. Uh, now you got the bullpen. Who are we going to squeeze in? Like, there's there's a lot of, of give and take, you know, coming to where we have too many people that need to be on the 40, but I like it. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good problem to have. So As opposed to last year when we had oh, a shit. ton of guys who we could have released at any time, Darwinson Hernandez and Franchi Cordero and – just go down the line. We did not have a good roster last year. This year, it's definitely oh, looking deeper. A lot more man, young talent. Definitely. So much uh, deeper, man. Our bench is, is light years ahead of what it was last year, I think. Yeah. So this, this is going to lead us into uh, – it's a fan favorite. Fair or foul segment. So we got we got a couple topics to go over this, uh, this week of fair or foul. So we're just gonna start from the top, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna work our way right back down. So we're gonna start with Tristan Casas is the best choice for the leadoff spot. Okay, I'll, I'll sit there and start it off with a with a tweet that was sent out. A little technical difficulties. Like always. Look like you were playing Pong on your computer. It's going back and forth. Dang right. Okay, this is from Sox Dingers. Uh, he he uh, tweeted out, Tristan, Ca- Tristan Cassis, an option for leadoff for the Red Sox this season. So if you guys want to sit there and check out the articles, beyondthemonster.substack.com. Uh, man, we'd sit there and talk about this several times. Uh, DC, let's start off. Fair or foul? Casas is the best choice for leadoff. Uh, I know that we we kind of mentioned a couple episodes ago. Uh, I think it might have been on before or before uh, Anthony joined the show. Um, at first, I wasn't all for it, but after you know, kind of watching and um, and just kind of reading a little bit, I'm actually I'm all for it. Uh, he's patient. He puts uh, bat to ball. Um, he gets set up the table for Devers, Turner, Yoshida. Um, I mean, I think he has four walks this. Uh, this spring so far. So that's shown that he's seeing the ball. Well, um, I'm a big fan of it now. I, like I said, at first I was a little iffy, but, uh, I'd, I'd like to slot him in as number one. Okay. Anthony, what there. about you? Oh, it's absolutely fair. I mean, I had this, you know, I've been talking about this for a while and, um, you know, I want my lead off. The number one thing I look for in a leadoff hitter is on base percentage. And and especially in our lineup, when Devers is looks like he's going to be in the number two hole. So if I've got my best hitter, too, that means my number one, the guy in front of my best hitter has got to be a high on base guy. And there's if, if the other thing is, if you're taking Yoshida off the table, right, which apparently that's the case. Apparently, Yoshida's not going to lead off. He never has. He's always been in the middle of the order. Core is not going to do it. He doesn't want to put him and Devers back to back. So under the presupposition that that Yoshida is out as leadoff hitter the next best choice for me is definitely Casas because he's he's got he's patient he sees a lot of pitches and we don't have any speed anyway there's no speed anywhere in our team anyway so we're not thinking about speed all we're thinking about is on base percentage and I think it's a perfect spot for Casas and and just a deadly deadly leadoff hitter I mean he has a chance to be a stud at the leadoff leadoff spot yeah, no, Alex Cora actually just came out today and said uh, Yoshida is going to be open this season as a cleanup hitter. Right. 
So it's going to be yeah. Devers two and Yoshida four. As I've said all along, Turner will be three. The biggest question, three. the biggest question is one and five. I guess do you do you go um, Duvall or Verdugo five? Dep- it, it, well, a lot of it depends on who's batting leadoff, right? So Absolutely. once once you figure out who's batting leadoff, the rest of the lineup after Yoshida will fall into place. Yeah, I'd say Duvall then Verdugo. If so, and, then, and, then, and then a Royal. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then Maguire and Kiki Hernandez. That's your lineup right there. That's a great, yeah. great line. I think that's a dynamite lineup because Duvall's been hammering the ball recently. He's had he's yeah, had three Renfro. bombs, bro. Yeah, exactly. Maybe even I better than Hunter Renfro. Uh, yeah, I agree. Just just in terms of like, I don't know. He's he's definitely seems like a little bit more of like just a better overall ball player than than Renfro. Even though Renfro had had great power and a great arm. Maybe Duvall's a little bit more of a well-rounded all-around player. We'll see. But he definitely looks looks pretty good so far. Yeah, so we got, we got two fairs. And I will jump on the fair right after opening day. <laughs> opening day, I am still ride or die with Verdugo. Just, just because I cannot let my pride get in the way. Or I'm going to let my pride get in the way. Yeah, there we go. And Verdugo will be lead off for opening day. And then we're going to go right into, for game two, Tristan Casas for the re- for at least a good portion of the season. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the game. thing. I, I, we, we, we don't know who the leadoff hitter is yet when the season is 10 days away. The season's 10 days away. We have no, nobody knows who's going to be batting leadoff. I still think if my, if I'm putting money on the table, it's Kika Hernandez because I just I know Alex Cora too well. I think it's going to be Kika Hernandez. I'm just I've been saying it should be Casas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he had, I don't think Cora has the balls to do it. We'll see. I, I can't wait to see that first lineup to see who's bad and lead off. And that's the problem right now. Like we're just now getting some of our guys back from the WBC. Kike comes back tomorrow. Uh, you know, Devers had a horrible. I think it was like a two for 14, two for 15 uh, for at-bats in the WBC. But he sat there and said, it's, it's just the WBC. He goes, I'm still getting pitches. Well, the problem, goes, the, the worst part is he wasn't playing third. So it was it was like he was like he's not developing at third at all during that time. He's just DHing. You know what I mean? So, you know, in that sense, it is kind of taken away from the Red Sox a little bit because our third baseman hasn't had a chance to play third in a couple of weeks, you know? Yeah. But uh, I got to sit there and say, you know. Casas you have a nice is, play yesterday, though. That was pretty nice. To get, pretty he had nice a great to play. That was a really nice play. Oh, uh, and then the scoop from Cassis over on oh, first. Yeah. If that's the same play we're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was the one. That was the one. That was um, a great play. Man, it, it, man, just sitting there talking about this a little bit. I can't wait. We're, we're, I can't wait to sit there for our opening day live show. Man, we, we've, got, we've got some great names coming on. We've got we've got Stocks Attic coming on, you know she, she's she's great co- coming back. Uh, her best friend's going to be also on the podcast. Uh, Christina Puentes. Uh, we got uh, RST Taylor. We've got Jeff Brown coming on. Aiden King. Uh, who else we got? We got George Sutherland. Uh, we we got our man Josh Lynn. Followed by, you know, DC, Anthony, and myself. I can't wait. 
I cannot wait. Damn, my boy's going to be balled by himself. It's going to be a nine-on-one over-the-top battle royal. He gold is on, though. He knows his shit. So, but, man, that 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 is live. 2 o'clock, we're starting. The game starts at 2.10. DC and I are out at work at 1. Thank God. Opening day. Yeah, I got it. I got an easy next two weeks. I got off this Tuesday and then next Monday and then half day Thursday next that following week. Man, baseball's just around the corner, guys. Can't wait. But uh, fair all the way around for Cassis, the best choice for leadoff. Next up, fair or foul? Man, there, there was there was a lot of lot of tension on Red Sox Twitter over this. Corey Kluber deserves the opening day start over Chris Sale. So we're going to go right for the pitcher and Anthony fair or foul. You know, I, I, it really bothered me at first when it was first announced because I, I wanted the statement of sort of like, Hey, Chris sales back, right? Like Chris sale, our ace is back. He's healthy. He's ready to go. So it, when it first came out, it bothered me a little bit, but the bottom line is Chris sale has let us down three years in a row. I think we just lost Josh, but you know, Chris sales really let this, this team down, this organization down uh, for three years in a row. And I just, I like the idea. I, I just really like Corey Kluber. He's very solid. He's very stoic. He's not Chris sale is too hyped up, right? He's way too hyped up. It's like, I'm afraid he's going to throw his arm out. On the first, you know what I mean? He's that type. Oh, he's, yeah. he's, it's opening day. He's so fired up that that like he goes too far and like re-injures himself or something. So I like the idea of letting Kluber, who obviously can handle it. Nothing bothers the guy. He's just he's just total stoic on the mound. I like that. And it shows that, you know what? We're not going to rely on Chris Sale as much. We can do this without Chris Sale. We've got depth. Um, it, I don't know. It's just something about the fact that pulling him out, I'm actually for it. It's just, a, it's a statement to say, you know, we're not relying, we're not putting all of our eggs in one basket on Chris sale opening day against Baltimore, by the way, which is not a great matchup for Chris sale. They have a lot of uh, right-handed power hitters. So I've actually grown to like the fact that, 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 that they're doing that. I, uh, I agree. Kind of echo what you just said. Um, at first, I was a little pissed off about it. It kind of bothered me um, just because Chris Sale isn't my guy. And kind of like you said, you know, you're getting your guy out there. That's your ace. The guy that you paid all that money to that wants to come out and prove himself. Um, and you go with Corey Kluber. Um, so at first, I was kind of annoyed. But, I mean, Kluber's been tearing it up. Uh, he had a good year last year. He was healthy. Um, and kind of what you just said, to kind of like stop the hype with Chris Sale because you know, something free could happen on opening day, which would be terrible. That would just be a, a shot to the heart. But, I mean, Kluber in four games, two and one in, uh, in the spring training, 14 strikeouts, which is good to see. So, I mean, at first I wouldn't say he did, but uh, I, after thinking about it and talking and seeing Twitter and stuff like that, uh, I can agree that's probably the best way to go. Because who else are you going to go with? You're going to go Pavetta? Um, then I'm no. I'm going no. Kluber all day over. Yeah, it's Sailor, yeah, it's Sailor, it's Sailor Kluber. You know, those are, yeah. you know, there's no. If they would have put Pavetta there, I would have been like, that would have really would have upset riding. me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I kind of like AC's AC's thoughts on this. He uh, he just wants to give Sale that okay, you haven't been healthy for three years. 
like fully. Sit back, take the atmosphere in of opening day. Because when was the last time like Sale was able to pitch that he wasn't out there on opening day? It's it's been quite some time. Until so, 2019, he, he he got the opening day start and he got his lips ripped off at Seattle because yeah. yeah. he wasn't healthy. He got, you know, and that just led to a horrible season. So that was the last time. It's been four years. Oh, man. I, ha- I hate you brought that up. That that opening West Coast trip we we were on in 2019 yep. was her was horrendous. Everybody got smashed. All of our pitchers were hurt, and and it was like this the way to, it was like we started the season knowing we had zero chance of of ever doing anything that season. Just right from that opening week of the season, just because of the way of the health of our pitchers. Nobody was how everybody was everybody was injured from the World Series run the year before. Avaldi, Sale, everybody was injured. So it was like, great, we have no pitching to start the year. Awesome. Our, you know, all of our yeah. best pitchers are getting racked and they're all hurt. Great, great way to start the year, you know. We had no young pitching. We were relying on, like, Eddie Rodriguez, right? Like, he was, like, our ace, which he yeah. did have a great year, but just wasn't enough. Uh, and and what, that was his contract year, wasn't it? That, and, he, and he left us. Right, right well, no, he, he, no, so he, um, no, he actually, he just, year. 21 was, yeah, oh, so no. 2020, he backed out, basically, for COVID, he, he opted out for COVID, um, yeah, so he, he had a like, career year like in 2019, right, yeah, he had a t- career year in 2019 when everybody was hurt, 2020, he backed out on COVID, 2021, he was okay, you know, and then, and then he left at free agency last year. Yeah. But uh, no, I, and he's I struggling enjoyed... with the Tigers. He's really struggling with the Tigers. Yeah, he's not oh, happy there. Yeah, the, uh, Eddie, how's that money now? You could you you could have been still here in Boston helping us out. <laughs> Danny taking. Him he was another guy. He was another guy. I was happy to see go. I never liked him. Yeah, he was good. Personally. Like the first couple of years, kind of like a little project we stole from the Orioles, but he just couldn't get his command down. Man, he was just. I mean, he'd have one good, like a couple of strings or a string of good starts, and then he'd go out and five straight starts, he'd give up like five earned runs in the first couple innings, and then like four walks. It's it was it sucked to watch, man. It was brutal. I think he had he had mental. I think he's got mental issues, and that's what we've seen since he's been on the Tigers. So he's kind of just got some mental stuff where he's he's not all there, and he's just not focused, and he's not, you know, he's he's no Corey Kluber, as we said. Corey Kluber, nothing bothers Corey Kluber. He'll be out there on the mound, mowing people down, giving you innings. You know, he's solid. Oh yeah. So, but no, I I I like the Kluber opening day. Let's sail, sit back and and enjoy the day. You know, because he's gonna have plenty of times to get that ball, and hopefully we we get off to a nice hot start. You know. Yeah. It, it, I takes a lot of pressure it, off. Takes a lot of pressure off Chris Sale is what it does. Yeah, I, I look at it if if Kluber can get us the W, and then we have Sale going, the, you know, for the second game of the season. Man, I like our chances to start out two and zero. So, there, there's another fair all the way around. So here we go. Tapia deserves to be on the roster over Jaron Duran. So, I think this is where we're going to start to, to beg to differ. DC, let's start off with you. 
So fair or foul that Tapio deserve Tapio deserved a spot over Durant. That over, was a question. Over Jaron over Jaron Durant. Yeah, I'm gonna go absolutely dead center fair. Um I I'm excited to see Tapia on our team. I don't know if you guys realize how much he destroyed us last year. I think in 15 games, he hit 290. He had uh, three home runs, 17 RBIs. Uh, he did. He like just demoralized us last year when he was on the Blue Jays. Um, you know how I feel about Duran. I just don't think he has it. Um, I don't think he has a mental fortitude to be playing in Boston. I think he gave Tapia the spot, um, and he's one of the like one of the two guys that we have that can you know wreak havoc on the, uh, the base pass with him and Mondesi when he comes back from being out or being hurt. Um, but yeah, I say fair, absolutely. Um, I'm taking Tapia all day. Okay, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, I think that uh, Duran made a huge mistake going to play for Team Mexico in the WBC because um, in the last couple of weeks he's been sitting on the bench observing, and uh, you know, um, Tapia has been stealing his job here in uh, in spring training, and he's just like when I watch Tapia play. I mean, he to me, if it was between Tapia and Verdugo. I would give Tapia the edge because there's just something about Tapia that he gets it right. He's not up there trying to hit home runs. He's not up there trying to do what he can't do. He knows himself. He knows what kind of player he is and he knows what he needs to do at the plate. And he does it. He has a, it seems like he has a plan and he's very exciting. He's just somebody you want to see on the field and he, he's dynamic. He's got a little bit of pop. He likes to go the other way. He's got a little bit of speed. Um, and honestly, if, if you said, I don't think either guy's a great center fielder, but if I had to pick who would I would rather have play center field, it would probably be Tapia because I've seen Duran play center field and he's a friggin' nightmare. So unfortunately, Duran's just not ready. He needs more time. And, and, and he's not going to be playing center field in, in Worcester either because they're going to have Rafaela. So most likely Duran is going to be a left fielder from now on. And but he needs time. He needs to continue to work on his defense and his approach at the plate. Tapia is ready now to make an impact. I don't have to worry about Tapia. Duran is one of those guys. He's still a big question mark. And so to me, it's an easy, easy choice. It's Tapia all the way. Uh, well, here we go. The beg the differ. <laughs> I will sit there and say foul. And my biggest thing will be unless Heim Bloom has a backdoor uh, deal waiting for Jaron Duran. I don't see any way we could open up a 40-man roster spot for Tapia. So I'm going to say foul. Jaron Duran is part of the 40-man roster. Uh, before he left for the WBC, he was looking really well. You know, he, he made some changes to his stance. Uh, he made some Hey, I'll take that small sample size because we're going to go backtrack a little bit. Okay, say Jaron Duran, it's it's say it's like you guys say, it, it's fair. Who are we going to give up to DFA? Because it, we can't say Ort. Ort's already gone for Alfaro, like regardless. Right, so now you, you're going to put James Paxton on the 60-day IL. That's another spot. Same thing with Wong. Wong might Wong might start on the. I don't think Wong's going to go on the sixty, but I think I think Paxton one hundred percent will. So, Paxton. But what do you want another pitcher on there? The the, the cover for Paxton. And well, we can. I mean, we could go with Zach Kelly. 
um, or, uh, you know, Zach Kelly, Josh Winkowski. I mean, they can go with the guys they already have on the 40 man roster. Um, I mean, it, it just depends. See, we got to see. So if, if Alfaro's a definite, that's one. I think Toppy is a definite, that's two. And then you might need another pitcher. So that's three. So if you've got Paxton or, and then there's, is there one other guy that we can. Mondesi? I don't think he's going to go on the 60. Because if, if they go on the 60, they're not going to be able to play until June, right? Basically. Yeah. Like late May. I mean, I don't think I don't think some of those guys are going to like. You're not going to do that with Wong or. Um, who did you just mention? Mondesi. Mondesi. Yeah, I don't think Wong or Mondesi are going to go on the 60. I think they're going to be back, you know, by the end of April, early May. And, and, and only. Uh, am I right that only pitchers are eligible for the 16-day IL? I'm not. You know, I got to brush up on my IL. It used to be very simple. There was, yeah. there was, it was the DL, right? So it was either the 15, the 30, or the 60. That was it. There was yeah. a, now they've added, they've changed it all around because it's, it's to be politically correct. We can't say disabled list. It has to be injured list, right? And then they changed it, so now there's a 10-day. I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I don't know all the all the rules with the uh, the new IL. I just know somebody said that that you can't. In other words, if somebody goes on the 10, that doesn't. You can't. They're still on the. They still count on the 40-man roster if they're on the 10-day DL. Whereas you have to put them on the 60-day DL to get that roster spot. So that's why I think Paxton's the only one I think is probably going to go on the 60. Yep, uh, there's only two types of ILs now, the uh, the 15 and the 60-day. Uh, previously, Isn't there a seven-day one for concussions? Mm. Yes, I thought there was. Yeah. So it, I just I just don't see I don't I don't see them trying to work another another spot in there for Tapia. You know, I think they're going to let Jaron Duran on the 40 to get his time to maybe work out a deal. You know, Heim's always the, the mad chemist, the mad scientist working, working, trying to get, uh, get the best bang for his buck. So, so does he even see the field? Does Duran even see the field for this team? Does he even make it onto the field? Yeah. Where, uh, where? Like, like we said before, there's multiple uh, times where they're, we're going to open up the designated hitter spot. I see the designated hitter spot for Duvall out in center. I see uh, possibly Yoshida taking a, a break uh, out well, in the Yoshida, outfield. Yeah, Yoshida definitely will be DH. So, you know, I definitely sit there and see Jaron Duran getting getting some time in the outfield. Which is a scary thought. Yeah. But at least Tapia is in our team this year, you know. Well, right, but 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 see, so Duran hasn't been playing. Be <laughs> has has Duran even played for for Mexico in the WBC? In other words, is he getting enough reps? Is what I'm getting at because if you're not going to get any reps here, once you once the season starts, you're not getting any reps from Mexico. When is this guy getting reps? Right. I mean, I'm. I mean, right now, Toppy is looking great. He looks like he's ready to go. And and the other thing is, have we ruled out Tapia as the leadoff hitter opening day? Probably unlikely because he's probably not going to be in the lineup, but we don't know. We don't know. So 
you know, but that's a guy who uh, wouldn't you feel better about Tapia as the leadoff hitter than Duran? Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I think Red Sox Nation is pretty much in full agreement on this that we want Tapia, and I think everybody's going to be pretty pissed off if it's Duran and then Tapia's, you know, because because you're gonna do the forty the forty man roster thing is not going to get any easier, right? So in other words, once everybody comes back, it's even going to be harder with all these guys. You know what I mean? So it's like you might as well make your tough decision now and and start start opening up spots for Tapia. Yeah, okay. Uh, and Alfaro, I don't know. Uh, Alfaro, he's guaranteed he has to. Yeah. We, we have to open it up because I don't see. Wong's um, not going to be ready. Wong's not ready, and we're not going to just ride with one catcher. No, you can't. You have to have two catchers. That's and, a man- uh, mandatory. Uh, unless all of a sudden they're going to throw Kenley Jansen back there. <laughs> that was uh, funny. <laughs> that was funny. He, he, he uh, used to play catcher. So, But uh, we, fought, we got two fairs and a foul on that okay. segment. We finally got a little foul there. We finally got we finally a disagreement. Got... <laughs> so our next segment. Red Sox Twitter is way too toxic. So, Anthony, we'll, we'll start off with you on this one. Yeah, I mean, I think I just, you know, throw that out there because it's it boggles my mind. The whole thing that happened with Craig T, I mean, it was just shocking because, dude, this is Twitter, not Tinder. It's Twitter, okay? Like, what are you here for? Are you, you're, you're, you're literally up in people's DMS. Like it's crazy what he did. Then other people, you know, Lansdowne bounds, getting canceled. This guy's getting canceled. That guy's getting canceled. It's like, bro, can we just stick to baseball? Can we just talk baseball? And I think everybody's anxious for the season to start. Everybody's hyped up. There's a lot of like, some people think the Red Sox are going to be really good. Some people think they're complete trash. So there's already that little tension there. Everybody's waiting for the season to start. And everybody's trying. It's like crabs in a barrel. They're trying to climb up to the top to be the next Red Sox superstar you know, person. And they're pulling each other down. And it's really annoying. And it really takes the fun out of it. I've, I've been less active the last week just because it's like the whole thing is just like it's just, what are we doing here? It's like high school clicks and all this stuff. Oh, you know, he said this, she said that, this, that, and the other thing. I'm not here for all that. I'm here to, I'm here, I'm I'm here more on a serious note to like talk Red Sox. And, And you know what I mean? So like, I think people are getting too far away from just talking about baseball and about the Red Sox and way too much drama. So I'm going to say absolutely fair. It's way too toxic. I'm, and it, it's a turnoff. It's a bad look. Yeah. Uh, I have to agree with you. So, but before I go, let's DC, let's let's hit it up. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm gonna go fair. I don't really have too much experience on Twitter. I mean, I I, I mean, I had a Twitter, but before we started this, um, I would only really go on and look at Carabas, Steve Peral, stuff like that. Um, and I saw the toxicity through like their their comments and stuff like that. But then beyond all the stuff with Craig Teed, um, I didn't know too much about him. Um. And then obviously all the screenshots come out. That kind of hits close home home with me. I have two daughters at home now, so I don't really mess with that kind of stuff. But to kind of go, you know, what he was just saying, there's a lot of clicky clickiness in uh, in the Red Sox Twitter sphere. Um, I feel like there's a lot of gatekeepers. Um, 
and we all should just kind of be, you know, lifting each other up. We all, we all love the Red Sox. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all love baseball. So I'm just trying to wade through all the bullshit and just, you know, talk baseball with my friends and kind of ignore the rest. But yeah, I definitely stay fair on that. I try to stay out of it. Um, there's been a couple of times where I've had some stuff to like typed out on my phone, but then I deleted it immediately. Cause I'm just like, there's no point. I don't really want to play into that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I feel like it's kind of like it's therapy for me. Like I'll type out my angry text and I'll just look at my wife and then she'll just tell me to quit bitching and delete it. So then I just, I just do. Man. That's I, a good I, practice. I, I'm the yeah. exact same, same way. I used to do it uh, b- before you came over. I used to sit there and, and be up there at the, at, typing those emails out, responding for pass downs. And then, and then I sit there and is this good? <laughs> she, she would look over and be like, yeah, delete that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, she, get, she get, checks get, my emails, bro. She makes, she, I, I make sure she checks every email I send out. So I'm not getting in trouble for being too direct. No matter what yeah. you're doing, it's always good to have a second set of eyes on something. You know what I mean? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. So, but uh, man, I, I'm fair exactly with you guys uh i look at it as and 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 i gotta sit there and throw out a huge to like uh taylor that's on 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 twitter uh socks addict like they have helped us read oh like more than what anyone could have asked for uh just in the past like week two weeks you know, we've jumped in Twitter uh, followers, you know, anytime that we, a- I, I sit there and ask, we ask, uh, they retweet, follow these guys, you know what I mean? Uh, they have helped us grown so freaking much. And it, it's, it's those type of people that I want to be around. You know what I mean? Not the negative ones. I hate watching people are, are, and just type out stupid stuff like all oh, the, 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 uh, you're, you're, uh, looking at expectations and, and all this stuff. The reality is the Red Sox are going to suck, dude. Th- then why are you a fan then? If you're already saying they're going to suck, like er- everybody has their opinions on what the team's going to do, their expectations of the team. So if you're pushing negativity all the time, that's, that's because you have, you have a piss poor life. In my opinion, you have to. Like, I love the group of people that interact with us and help us on Twitter because those are the ones that we need more of to help one another, help push others. You know, Grandstand Productions has us coming on uh, for the opening day Eve show to help promote us. I've reached out to several uh, podcasts. Hey, you guys got a commercial? We're played on our podcast. All I ask is you do the same thing, like to help build each other up so we all can sit there and get a piece of the pie. Like Red Sox Nation is huge. There's plenty of room for everybody if we all help each other. Like I, I, it's, it irritates me the hell out of me sometimes. And it is 100% fair. I'm hoping that once the season starts, we're going to sit there and, and ride this nicely. And the season starts out good, you know Red Sox Twitter is going to be fantastic. But all of a sudden, we start losing two or three games. Like, then all of a sudden, you're going to hear the negative people come out, and it's just going to be annoying like ever. Yeah, I mean, 
but I'm glad that you did highlight the the good people that we met. Uh, that's what it's all about. I don't I don't really want to waste too any more or too much time on it. You know, talking about the negative, but the good people that have helped us. Socks addict. Um, I know you've you've you guys have talked a little bit more people than I have, but um, she's been awesome. She's probably the one that I know the most so far. I mean, I don't really interact with her too much, but there there are good people in in this in this side of the Twitter. Um, but I mean, just like anything else with the internet, you're gonna have the duds. You're gonna have the trolls. I just try to ignore them now at this point. Yeah, it's it's a lot of young people, and they have like multiple accounts. They're kind of like playing games on Twitter and just trying to like troll people and do this stuff. Like so, yeah, it's more of a young. I think it's more of a young thing. But um, I rode my bike when I was younger, man. Yeah, you know? exactly. Skinned your knee, you know. Flew off your bike, skinned your knee, you know. You know, got <laughs> rub some yeah. dirt on it. Oh man. Yep. Well, why'd you got to bring up? Uh going off a bike because the first person i thought of was chris sale like i don't i, I don't know why even our knock on some wood right there uh but no it, like uh just to throw her out there yeah i don't know why we keep bringing her up because she's so amazing but socks addict went in, in our dms and was like hey can you retweet this and, and i sit there i'm like sure like why do you even ask like i anytime i see anything of hers i retweet it because she does the same for us. Like, and that was when she was uh, with uh, Keith Polk at uh, his son's uh, college baseball game. And yeah. she's trying to help us out dramatically for for Keith Polk. She's Yo, talking speaking to of Keith Polk, I uh, actually reached out to him in like 2014 on Twitter in the, in the DMs. And I was like, Yo, man, I'll send you a ball if you uh, sign it and I'll pay for postage there and back. And he said, Yeah, send me his address. I never sent that out. So Keith Folk, have you ever listened to this? I need that address again, big dog. Hey, ho- hopefully a socks addict can help us out where he's on the podcast. So yeah, sweet. And last but not least, for fair or foul, Alfaro will be our number two catcher through the duration of the season over Connor Wong. DC, let's start with you. I'm going to go fair. Um, I'm just a big fan of Alfaro. He's exciting. He hits piss missiles. Um, it's not a knock on Connor Wong. I just uh, getting hurt kind of definitely um, put him behind. Uh, Alfaro has been taking advantage of the playing time. I'm going to say if he continues to, to play like he is um, and he's good backup, don't fix what's not broke. You know, don't, or, uh, what's that saying? Don't fix what's not broke. Something like that. I don't know, I might be too young for that. But uh yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go fair with Alfaro um being number two throughout the duration of the season. Yeah, I I, I love that too. Anthony, what about you? I'm gonna go foul. <clears throat> I just um you know, I like Alfaro. I think he he he's definitely going to have a month or so to prove himself. The issue I, I guess the biggest concern is the defense. You know what I mean? Um is he going to be good enough defensively? I mean, it's it's a close one. I mean, I could definitely, you know, see him uh, providing a spark offensively, providing, you know, he could even DH as well. So you might see all three, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Put, put it this way, Connor Wong will have, a, will have a good role in this team this year. So <clears throat> if that means all three guys are in there um, and Alfaro can play some DH, I don't know. But 
Connor Wong will I will say this Connor Wong will catch more games for the Red Sox this year than, than Jorge Alfaro. Ooh, so okay. I guess I'm saying foul. Okay. I'm, wow. I'm a big Connor Wong fan. Uh, I'm going to say fair on that one because just like DC said, and that just like Aquaman hit that piss missile last night all the way to Krypton. Man. <laughs> Who's a bomb? That that bat, like his defense does worry me though. His defense worries me. Right. Uh, but but if Tech is able to help him out, you know m- maybe Tech's you know sees a little bit that he's doing wrong, and and try to you know help with fixing bad habits. That might help us out. But I think duration of the season we need Alfaro's bat uh, up there more over than Connor Wong's bat. So I'm going to go fair with that one. So guys, that was, that was a great episode. Great addition of fair or foul. Uh, so now we're going to bring in the closer and closing thoughts. Anthony, what about you? Hit us up with some closing thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I haven't, uh, I don't know what's going on in this game. It's uh, maybe started a half an hour ago after the, the podcast. I'm going to jump on and watch the game and uh, enjoy. Hopefully, uh, you know, the USA goes all the way um, and uh, plays Japan. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm, I'm very excited, uh, obviously, for opening day. Um, this team's rounding into shape. I think people are starting to kind of realize that they're better than, than what a lot, you know, they're not a 75 win team i think a lot of people are kind of figuring out they're better than that that their offense is a lot better than that and uh, their pitching is a lot better than that so um yeah i mean i've been saying that all along so it's nothing new to me but i think this team's going to be really good this year and i'm just excited for opening day and enjoying the wbc so uh goldschmidt had a, a first inning home run nice so Guy's a stud. That guy's an absolute stud. I mean, they, they have him and Arenado as our three four hitters, right? And that's St. Louis's three four hitters. So I guess St. Louis has a pretty good middle of their order, right? Yeah. So uh, DC, what about you, man? Some some closing thoughts. I'm just excited to get off and watch this uh, game. Kind of like you two, probably gonna be doing the same thing. Um, hopefully, see United States, you know, carry on to the finals. I know that might not be the uh, the popular answer for. The writ over here. Um, but yeah, no, just excited. Ten days away or so to uh, opening day. Excited for that live show. Um, seems like health is coming together, uh, so that's exciting to see. Not too worried about that anymore. Um, yeah, man, I think we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. Excited to see what we can do as far as the team and uh, where this podcast goes during the season as well. Yeah. Hey, uh, my closing thought is, I-, I was thinking, like all the great seasons the Sox had where they won a World Series, they rallied behind something. And my man, Justin Turner, was taking live BP. So I'm like, man, let's sit there and think. I think it, I think this year should be throw some dirt on it. That should be the Red Sox motto because Justin Turner, after getting taken that ball to the face, is back there for live batting practice already. Man, throw some dirt on it. That's That's it. You know, a, a lot of people uh, were sitting there saying JD would have been out three months, and, and and probably Justin Turner threw some dirt on it. That's it. So that that's my closing thoughts. So guys, head on over to our YouTube sub because man, 
This is crazy. If you want to see our live show, we're going to be on our Twitch channel. We're going to be live on Twitter. We are going to be live on YouTube. We are going to be live opening day. Full house, 10 people. And nice. poor, poor Josh is going to be the odd man out. We'll take it easy but, on him. But, man, it's, it's great. Love talking socks with you guys. Just remember, head on over to iTunes, Spotify, check us out, tell friends. Our, our road dog, Annie at work, just, just posted it live on Facebook, our podcast, to all her Bostonians. If that's a word. Is that, is that, is Bostonians. 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 So, but guys. <laughs> well, yeah, hold on. All right. You want to you want to let them know since you got that you got that voice. Just let them know about that uh, Marcella Meyer first Bowman we're gonna give away. So what do we got a Marcella Meyer uh, card giveaway here? Yeah, or... figured, uh, since we had over three hundred uh, followers on the Twitter, um, I'm gonna give one of those away. So I'll uh, we'll put on Twitter and all that. It'll be easy. Like, retweet, tag somebody, something small. But um, yeah, yeah. Marcella Meyer first Bowman. Nice. That's. I mean, that should definitely, um, you know, that should be uh, very sought after because uh, this kid's been. He's. We've actually. It's been exciting. This one last thing. Just. It's just been exciting to see him playing for the Red Sox this spring, right? I don't know if anybody was expecting. Yeah. Just to see him on the field in a Red Sox uniform has has been nice. So, you know, I think a lot of people are excited about him and that card. Uh, that's that's great, man. I'm sure there's a lot of people are going to be uh, interested in. So make sure you're following. Um, on, on Twitter to be part of that giveaway and, and subscribe on YouTube and everything. Make sure you're, you're following everybody and subscribing to everything so you can get in on those giveaways. Marcelo Meyer, rookie moment. And we'll get that on uh, probably Monday or Tuesday. We'll put it up on a Twitter and then maybe draw it. You know, we could wait until opening day to get a week and a half in there or we could draw it by this weekend or something like that. We can figure that all out though. Oh, uh, so make sure to check that out. Yeah, definitely. I was, I was giving away my second David Ortiz autograph for opening day. So, okay, so we'll do the Marcel Meyer before, and we'll hook him up with the David Ortiz yeah. on opening day. Cool. So, so, guys, thanks for sitting there and checking out the Pesky Podcast. He is DC. He is Anthony, where he lives on the Cape. <laughs> I am the Rit. See you guys next time on the Pesky Podcast. See ya.